Sis. Welcome to this episode of Grown Woman Stuff with me, Julie Jones. Hope you've been having a wonderful, pleasurable summer. But speaking of pleasure, today we having some for real grown woman talk. So are you ready for this? We are talking about the issue of sex, but painful sex, and why the pain? Let me tell you how I was inspired to have this combo. Just on the couch, binge watching old episodes of Girlfriends, and I saw the episode where Will has said Jones and Ooch Ouch Girl. And I kind of giggled because, you know, he was saying, you know, when they did it, she's like, ooh, ouch, ooh, ouch. But really, it's nothing funny about it because there are women who dread sex, something that's supposed to be so pleasurable because of the pain. And there's many issues as to why there's pain. It could be anything from dealing with fibroids, endometriosis, vaginal infections, lack of lubrication, which doesn't have anything to do necessarily with you not being turned on. Sometimes it's just your age, medical issues, the list goes on and on. So I had to enlist our resident OBGYN, Dr. Nia Thompson-Jenkins, to talk to us about painful sex and other below-the-belt issues. She speaks on the importance of making sure you listen to your body, be an advocate for yourself if you know something's wrong, talking to your doctor, and we even discuss how married women need to get screened for STIs. It's not to say that Shaboo's been cheating or nothing like that, but if you previously both weren't in monogamous relationships, somebody could be carrying a sexually transmitted infection, which can later not only lead to pain, but issues of infertility and other situations. So yeah, we having a grown woman talk today, even how to discuss these issues with your partner, your OBGYN. So let's talk about it. When sex isn't pleasurable, cause pleasure ain't always pain. With my buddy, Dr. Nia Thompson-Jenkins. It is that time for this episode of Grown Woman Stuff with me, Julie Jones. And we're going to talk about some grown woman stuff. The ooey ouchie, uh, painful sex <laughs> with my good buddy, <laughs> Dr. Nia Thompson-Jenkins, OBGYN, who is back in Kansas City. Welcome back to KC. Thank you, ma'am. I am so happy to be back, and I am even more happy um, to be speaking to you about this today. Yeah, because, you know, I thought about it because there's different conditions people have from endometriosis to unresolved STDs they may not know about. And so, Dr. Nia, let me tell you what had happened was I was watching an old episode of Girlfriends and mm-hmm. Joan and William, you know, he called her the we ouch girl because it hurt. And it made me think about, <laughs> you know, and not everybody has painful sex because y- y- your man is just, you know, Superman. Right. Girth right. Bill, you know, and for some women, sex actually is a chore because of the uncomfortability. Dr. Nia, let's talk about this. Oh, girl, let's talk about it. Let's break it down. So I have I have so much to share, you know, as as this as it relates to this topic. So in general, so many women suffer. Sexual health is part of our normal health. And so I think it's really important Mm -hmm. that people have a comfortable forum, you know, to really talk about this and and discuss this. So in general, chronic pelvic pain um, or dyspareunia are um, a group of symptoms that lead to pain in the lower pelvic area. Specifically, dyspareunia is a big fancy word for painful intercourse or the ooey ouchy girl. <laughs> um, and so when we talk about dyspareunia and what that actually means, so what does that mean? That means painful intercourse. That means pain with penetration, just anything going in there. That mm-hmm. means pain with a tampon going in, girl. Wow. That means throbbing, burning, itching, scratching. Nothing can go down there. That all is called dyspareunia. But even more generally, it can be called chronic pelvic pain because there are women that just have pain down there and we don't really know why. Wow. Because they always have pain down there. What does it lead? What does it lead to? It leads to chronic pelvic pain and it leads to dyspareunia. 
So let's talk first, Julie, let's talk a little bit about anatomy. Okay. You really got to understand what's going on down there. So you have the bladder, you have the vagina, and you have your reproductive organs or your uterus, and you have your rectum. Your bladder is what stores your urine, and that's, you know, essentially what you pee from. And then you have your rectum that stores your stool, and that's what you have bowel movements from. All three of those organs sit on top of each other. So mm. can you imagine if you have a problem in mm. one, it's like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you could have a problem with the other. So it's really important that people are aware of all of those issues when you start talking about pain with intercourse. Oh, so man. let's right. This is serious, right? Mm-hmm. So let's kind of, I'm going to break it down for you into younger women. And then I'm going to break it down into you with older women, because the things that affect these groups of women are very different. So first and foremost, with the younger women, the most common reason that somebody's going to come in and complain of dyspareunia is usually vaginitis or some type okay. of discharge. So that's untreated STDs. Um, the vaginitis that's not caused from STDs would be like a yeast infection or bacterial vaginitis. Those are vaginosis. Those are easy to diagnose. You go into the doctor, you diagnose it with a swab, it takes some antibiotics and it goes away, right? Okay. Pretty yeah. easy to fix in the younger women. But then you also have women that have issues with their reproductive organs, like their uterus. So let's say endometriosis. You've heard of endometriosis, right? I have endometriosis actually. Yes. Well, perfect. This is a perfect segue into this. So endometriosis is essentially when the lining of the uterus or the endometrium grows in places it is not supposed to be. So that means it grows into the uterus, on the uterus, outside of the uterus, on the ovaries, on the fallopian tubes, inside your pelvic sidewall, it grows places it is not supposed to be. And it is extremely painful, as you already know. Mm-hmm. Um, it affects about 10 to 15 percent of women. And um, about 70% of women that have chronic pelvic pain often have endometriosis. So the deal with endometriosis is the only way to really diagnose this is actually by getting a biopsy. So unfortunately, you have to kind of have a surgery. You got to get a sample of that tissue and look at it under the microscope for a diagnosis. Good news is there's a lot of different ways to treat it. And, And though that treatment has to go on for a long period of time, it can be treated with medications. It can be treated with mm-hmm. um, a shot or in, you know, severe situations, it could be treated um, with surgery. Yeah, but I'm in the younger that. women, Mm-mm. that's a, you know, that's a cause for yeah. um, painful intercourse. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the other things is just to remember that chronic constipation or any issues around, like I mentioned, the bladder that sits so close to the vagina can also lead um, to painful intercourse in um, our younger ladies. So we don't hear that often, Dr. Nia. And I'm glad you're pointing that out. Like if you have problems with your rectum, like you said, constipation. With endometriosis, when I and I'm not trying to be gross nobody out or nothing, I'm being transparent. Every month I get cramps and my cramps are not just where you regularly get your cramps. They are actually mm-hmm. in, in my butt. So for me, yeah. when I first started having butt pain, I was like, did I pull a muscle? It took years. <laughs> I really was like, my mom was like, girl, you got to stop doing squats. I was like, girl, no, nah, I got to keep my booty around. It's just going to have to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I found out it, it's actually been endometriosis. I'm not getting treated for it right now because they said if I'm not having serious, serious side effects, then we'll just let it rest and see how it plays out. But I did have to, you know, get kind of looked at to see what was going on. Absolutely. And so that's the thing. And so, you know, a lot of the things, you know, we talk about, I I mentioned at the very beginning of this sexual health is very important, but it's very important that you have the right diagnosis in order to have resolution, right? Mm -hmm. You can go to the doctor and say you have butt pain and they're like, girl, stop doing those squats. And and that's not the problem. 
you know, so you got to make sure you have the right diagnosis. So the thing with endometriosis is you are right, you know, exactly in your situation. Thank you for keeping it real. Mm -hmm. The reality is that endometrial tissue, it can sit on the rectum and then boom. Now, every time you're having a bowel movement, you're having problems and you're actually having butt pain. So it is real. It is legit. It is not to be ignored and it can cause pain um, with intercourse. And that, and again, that's in our younger group, our, our, what we would call our reproductive age women. Now let's talk a little bit about, let's get to the nitty gritty with the older group of women. So that's the women yes, that are kind of perimenopausal, mm -hmm. kind of going through the change and, and they, and women that have gone through the change. So for that group of women, the most common cause of painful intercourse or, you know, it just ain't working right. That the ouchy girl, the broken vajayjay girl, the most common reason is going to be what we call a um, postmenopausal atrophic vaginitis. That is a big fancy word that just means dry vagina. Oh, that's wow. what all that means. That's all that means. It's, it's got, that that's all that just means it's dry. That just means it's dry. And so oh, wow. that happens because mm -hmm. as you age, your levels of estrogen start to drop. And as they start to drop, the composition and how the vagina is made actually starts to change. And so a lot of people don't know that. And so that tissue within the vagina gets really thin, it gets really pale, and it ultimately gets dry. And so these women walking around, they don't just have pain with intercourse. They have pain all the time. Oh, it just feels like there's like, it feels like there's sandpaper down there. Um, it itches, it's uncomfortable. And so um, it's really important to identify, ooh, I'm probably going through the change. I'm having some hot flashes. I'm having some, some kind of mood swings. Maybe this dry itchiness isn't, because there's something wrong with me. It's just because it's menopause and it, it's, it's okay. So now- I got to ask, ahead, doctor, in that case, for women who find themselves in that predicament, is it just simply lubing up or is your mood affected where you don't even want to try? What would you say? So, I mean, it's, it's a couple of different things. So the first, so there's so many different things you could do. Let, let's start with the natural type thing. So you actually can just lube up with non-alcohol based lubricants. Um, when you go to the store, look at the back, if it says, alcohol in it don't get it. anything that's not alcohol based is is best and you can even try girl hear me out the natural thing olive oil really? coconut oil that you just get from the grocery that you just get from the grocery store so you got some just as well olive oil in your, in your pantry that you've been cooking with you can just put it hello oh hello who knew yes yes so it works just as well um they're they're natural oil-based lubricants and they work just as well and then when you get to the point where a person's like, hey, I've tried those things or I don't want to try that thing. Mm, I cook with that. I'm good. You can always try a form of estrogen, just replacing it. So you can do estrogen in the form of a cream that goes in the vagina or a pill that goes in the vagina, or you can even take it orally. So, you know, you're getting a, a little bit of it systemically and it kind of helps with those other um, symptoms of menopause. But once again, it's nothing wrong with you. It's just, it's part of the circle of life. And so I really want women, you know, to be aware that it's okay. And please, let's talk about it. Let's not suffer mm -hmm. in silence. Yeah, and I think preparing women, because nobody foresees perimenopause or menopause coming. And it can be knocking on your door as early as, if I'm not mistaken, Dr. Nia, perimenopause, you can start having symptoms like in your 30s. Correct, in your late 30s. And, you know, we consider it more of like a premature ovarian failure. But no matter what fancy definition you put on it, the reality is you're having the symptoms. And they can start that that early, correct. 
Okay, so we got to talk about this painful sex because sex should be something that you enjoy. I, I've known couples. I, I know of a woman who actually went through menopause. She wasn't in the mood. It hurt. And literally, they had to come to an agreement about what to do about sex. So this is like really something you have to plan and prepare for. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what there are a lot of doctors for, even like me, that we're here to help you, to kind of talk you through you know, what is the, you know, what, what's going on. So with the painful sex portion, especially in women that are going through menopause, a lot of it is just the drop in estrogen. So you no longer have the drive. You no longer have the sex drive because your, your hormones across the board, estrogen, testosterone, testosterone are all dropping. And so sometimes for women like that, that are experiencing such severe sexual dysfunction, don't be afraid to take a little bit of a medicine to kind of get you over the hump. Don't be afraid to try a new lubricant to kind of get you over the hump because it really shouldn't be a, a chore or a task or something, you know, that you don't want to do because it hurts. And if it's because it's hurting, let's figure out why it's hurting. You know, is it hurting because it's dry because you're going through menopause and, and you know, that those levels of hormones have dropped? Or is it dry because you're starting to have on the outside some other conditions that can happen, such as there's a condition called lichen planus, which kind of mm. gives you some red type bumps on the outside they're itchy and they scar and then there's something called lichen sclerosis which is just like kind of similar to going through the menopause type change where the tissue gets thin it scars down it's painful and for both of those there's just creams that you put on the outside that can help treat those type of conditions so all of that kind of plays into that oh it hurts i don't want to do it every time i do it it hurts so now i really don't want to do it and, and there's actually something that we're not treating that's actually making this even worse. So it's really, you know, important to identify the, the what the problem is so we can get a solution mm -hmm. rolling. And how important is it, Dr. Nia, to know your body, how it feels, what is normal and actually looking, you know, at your vagina to see if there's any issues? Because sometimes I don't think we talk about that enough, really being in touch with what's going on in me and on the outside of, you know, my lady parts. Oh, I'm so happy you brought this up. This is excellent. So everyone should have a little small mirror in the bathroom. So if something's hurting or it doesn't feel right, look down there. No one knows your body like you know your body. No one can tell you what's going on like you can tell yourself what's going on. So if you know what it looks like and you think something isn't right, it is perfectly normal to go to the doctor and say, okay, I put my mirror down there. Mm -mm, this is not right. <laughs> this was not mm -hmm. there. What is this? What's going on? And then it kind of helps the people that are supposed to help you find a solution to what's going on. So I think it's you got to know what's going on with your own body. You got to know what's down there. You got to know where your bladder is, and your rectum is. Is this hemorrhoids that's bothering me or is this blood coming from my bottom or is it coming from my vagina? That's important for you to know, you know, so mm -hmm. that's an excellent point that you bring up. Now, let's talk about pelvic inflammatory disease, because I've heard and I've known women who have dealt with that. Uh, tell us more, Dr. Nia, about PID. Is it caused from an STD or how, how does that come to be in a woman's body? Excellent question. So pelvic inflammatory disease, is, it is what we call multifactorial. It can come from a lot of things. But let's keep it real here, Julie. It comes from sexually transmitted infections. So that's gonorrhea, chlamydia syphilis, anything that you get from a, you know, from sexual transmission. Um, and so that is caused from untreated STDs. And so it's basically, if we looked at it along a spectrum, you kind of start with the gonorrhea and chlamydia, or you start with the trichomonas and you leave it untreated for here we are a year or so, boom, we have pelvic inflammatory disease.
And the problem with that is, and we kind of talked about this in one of our other sessions, Mm -hmm. is that this can lead to infertility. This can lead to scarring. This can lead to pain with intercourse. Um, This can lead to abnormal bleeding if you're somebody that's still having a menstrual cycle. So it's really important to get tested and, and make sure that you know what's going on and you're remaining protected. And if you're not remaining protected, you don't know what your partner's doing, you're at least protecting yourself because PID is another cause of uh, chronic pelvic pain and issues with your, shall we say, lady parts. Now, I'm going to ask a question and somebody might kind of clutch their pearls to this woman and think I would never, but <laughs> even married women, shouldn't they get screened? Not to say that every spouse is cheating. I'm not one of those women who believes all men cheat. But what if you don't know something has happened? Maybe he's been asymptomatic and I'm just saying. Mm, I'm with you. You know, they're clutching their pearls right now. Why would she? But I mean, let's be real. We all need to be informed. So, you know, with the rise of HIV in the country, I I think we had talked about this before. The the greatest increase of HIV cases is actually in young black women. And those young black women could be married black women. Um, and so because of that, you have to make sure you're screened. You should at least be screened um, for HIV at least once in your lifetime. But in areas where HIV is a little more mm-hmm. common, it's un- it's reasonable to be screened at least once a year. And, you know, sometimes your, your provider or your um, doctor may not be proactive in that. So you may have to ask for that. But you are right. I mean, let's say you have... Um, you have Veronica over here. This is no real person, but this is an example. <laughs> and her and her husband have come from previous relationships. They get together. They date for a couple of years. They get married. Neither one of them got screened before. And now you look up and Veronica's having issues and she gets screened and now she's got an STD. And they both say they're faithful, but we don't know where this came from. Exactly. But nobody was screened before. So even if you're not having symptoms, you know, either partner, it is definitely appropriate. Um, to be screened for you for your STDs every year, just to make sure. And and even if let's say you're like, mm, I'm a married lady, he's a married man, at least do it once. At least do it before mm-hmm. you get married, so you both can be yeah. on a clean slate. Absolutely. So that way, if anything comes to fruition, you need to discuss, you can get it out the way. Because even women, you know, there's other health conditions that might mask STDs or infections. There's times like. When your immune system is low, I've known people to get diagnosed with something while pregnant, not because their partner cheated, simply because it just was there. And now you're getting examined because you're pregnant and you find out, oh, whoa, I've been dealing with this. Absolutely. Uh, Herpes is a perfect example of that. Or, you know, somebody who just didn't even know they had it. And now you're going in because you're pregnant and you're getting screened. And it's like, oh, my goodness, where did this come from? And, you know, it's almost World War (laughs) Ten because now... (laughs) People are upset, but these are things that have actually, you know, been there before. So I think, you know, the number one theme in everything that we talk about is whether you have a partner or whether you don't have a partner is to make sure you know your body and to make sure you're being screened and to make sure that you can advocate for yourself. And when you don't know, ask. Yeah. And I would definitely say that for women of color. That's one thing you and I have talked about. Sometimes black women, when they talk about pain, they're ignored or not taken seriously. You have to insist on what you know about your body. And if you find your provider doesn't do that, I need for you to call Dr. Nia or something because you're going to need you another OBGYN, sis. Please, I am here and I'm happy to see people and I'm willing to see people. But like I always say, most importantly, I'm willing to educate because I want you to have the power and the power lies in the knowledge. So you got to know what's going on with your body. You got to say I'm hurt. You got to say something isn't right. And let's find you a solution. Because like I said, why suffer in silence? Why, th- th- it mm-hmm. makes no sense to suffer in silence. So 
we, we got to band together and educate and educate our younger girls, you know, like we're doing now. This is good information for our young girls who aren't, you know, menopausal to know, OK, when I do get to this point one day, I remember I remember Julie Jones talking about that one day on the radio. Maybe this is me and maybe I need to ask some more questions. Yeah, you might have to log on to Bedroom Candy Chow and get you something, ain't it? <laughs> Girl, <laughs> if you don't want right. to use your olive oil, you cooking your chicken breast in. <laughs> but Girl, also, right. something women suffer from, and particularly women of color once again, fibroids and cysts. How does that impact our sex life, Dr. Nia? Oh, this is a very important one. Very important. So let's talk about the cysts first. So for a woman that is still having a menstrual cycle, it is 100% normal. If some, if whoever's listening to this talk doesn't hear anything today, it is normal to have a cyst on your ovary every month. Yeah. When you ovulate, you have a cyst, it's normal, but it should be a small cyst. If it gets to be a large cyst or a mass or something that doesn't look normal, then we really need to be concerned. And those cysts that sit there can cause issues. They can cause a lot of problems. Um, especially with deep penetration with intercourse. And that's a lot of times how people know that they are there. So mm. if you go to the doctor and you get an ultrasound or something goes on, they say, yeah, I think you have a small cyst. It's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean you have cancer. It means your body's working normal. But mm. let's look at the size of the cyst, but, you know, before we go from zero to 100. Um, then for the fibroids, oh, fibroids. You know, in, in the South, they call them fireballs. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> fireballs. Um, can be a problem as well, especially when they get to be large. Now, smaller fibroids, Julie, people are going to usually come in and say, oh, I'm bleeding a lot, especially if they sit close to the lining of that endometrium inside of your uterus. And if they're small, you may never know that they are there unless you have some imaging or something for another reason. But if you are having heavy bleeding, heavy cycles, a lot of pain, a lot of cramping, then we need to figure out, do you have endometriosis? Do you have fibroids? What is going on? So, you know, I'm happy you brought that up because fibroids are, are another cause of pain or painful intercourse in women. And it's not something that people always readily think of mm -hmm. um, until they realize, oh, my cycle is really off. You know, I'm going through a lot of pads. I'm bleeding through my clothes. Something is not right. Um, and that's when we need to, you know, get an ultrasound of the uterus or, you know, of your lady parts and figure out what's going on. Now, as we discuss painful sex for whatever condition, whether you're dealing with cysts, endometriosis, what have you, Dr. Nia, what role does position uh, play? Because, you know, some people have their favorite positions. And if, you know, your cervix is feeling some pain, you might not be able to be. I'm just going to be candid on all fours or, you know, leg up, leg Correct. down here. You, you yeah. I'm not saying you have to Correct. stay missionary, but should a woman, you know, I, I, you know, we we all are missionaries of the gospel. But sometimes, if you're dealing with pain, you might have to be a missionary on your back. Right, right. You have to go with yeah. what works for you. So, mm -hmm. so let's so let's think about it. Wherever your pain is, is where you don't want to be. So, if you have pain on penetration, let's say initially when it starts to happen, then what you need to be worried about is the lubrication and the position you're in when it goes in. If you are a person that has a lot of pain with deep penetration, then what you need to be worried about is the position you're in. Maybe an all fours isn't the best position. Maybe you need a side position. Maybe you need a missionary position. I don't know. I'm not the queen of positions. I'm just here to tell you, <laughs> find the position where you, where you don't have pain. If you know you have a huge cyst, and because of this cyst, and the cyst is obviously up higher, positions where there's deep penetration are not going to work for you, honey. You're going to have to find something else. Um, put my leg so, down. 
yeah, yes. So, so there's no evidence, there's no evidence doctor answer for it, but right. I can tell you based on when you, when, when a particular patient has pain with intercourse, I usually counsel them. Okay. So let's not do this position. If it hurts when it first goes in, you following me? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's good. That's good to know, doctor. And we were talking about women having to use lubricant, particularly women who are going through perimenopause, menopause, and hormones are changing. When they're talking to their mate, for instance, they have a spouse, how do they need to have that conversation? Because he might feel like if you don't sneak and put it in, you know, in your closet in the bathroom or something, that it's him and you're not turned on. How should they have that conversation? No, it's not you. This is to actually help with comfort. And in the end, it helps us. Yes, I feel like this is a this is a weekly conversation for me. So I, I have to explain to, and this isn't just like the the dry menopause woman. Mm -hmm. The use, the regular use of lubrication with intercourse is a very normal practice. Okay. And the reason that it's a normal practice is because if the vagina is not well lubricated with any intercourse, and that's intercourse between a man and a woman, a woman and a woman, mm -hmm. however you describe a he and a she, however whatever term you use to to define yourself. If the vagina is not well lubricated, it cracks and that presents the opportunity for transmission of sexually transmitted mm. diseases. So for every patient of all ages, I always recommend a personal lubricant for that very reason. So okay. mm -hmm. how you get to your partner with this conversation, mm -hmm. blame it on the doctor. I talked to the doctor. They said they know that it's not you. It just makes things easier. I always say blame it on me. Tell, tell them I said to do it. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, it's it's not you. It's not personal. You know, every vagina works differently. You know, yes, the use of foreplay and simulation works and all those things, but sometimes it's just not sufficient. And sometimes there's some bodies and some vaginas that just don't make the appropriate amount of lubrication. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. That Why do you think there's a whole business with lubrication? How do you think Candy Burris is still in business? Okay. I mean, People paying Let's for Candy's mansion. Shoot with that. People are people are paying for Candy's mansion. So don't be afraid to have that conversation with your spouse. Look, hey, I talked to my doctor. I thought something was wrong, but there really isn't something wrong with me. There's some vaginas that even with the appropriate amount of stimulation don't always make enough lubrication. So you know, I really want to try this out. I think that it would be you know good for both of us. I think you may like it. I think I may like it. Um, and that's definitely a good conversation to have. And I think it's in every age of woman that's sexually active, it's appropriate to have. Yeah, so uh, partners don't need to be in their feelings thinking it's you. No, it's it's it's, it's not it's you, not. boo. It's, it's it's not you, baby. But for cases <laughs> of sexual pain where there is no underlying medical cause, would you say? And I know that you're not a sex therapist, but you kind of are what I would call a vaginal therapist. So maybe you can help with that. Like people who feel guilt or they have had sexual trauma or got body issues. What should they do to seek a comfortable, pleasurable sex life for them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. I'm not a sex therapist, but unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of my life entails discussing these things, especially for my older patients that have prolapse and things don't look how they used to look down there or, or things are coming out and they're like, oh, my goodness. Um, so really, it's a lot of positive reinforcement. Um, so I'm actually going to backtrack on this just a little bit, Julie, and okay. talk about first what you did mention was key for people that don't have a diagnosis. So your vagina is not broken, your rectum is not broken, your bladder is not broken. We don't really know. So for those, for a lot of those people, you have a lot of muscles that sit around the vagina and the rectum, that area down there in your pelvis, and they can get really tense. They can get tense with anxiety. They can get tense with stress. They can get tense with trauma, uncomfortable situations. 
And every time you attempt to have intercourse or put anything down there, everything just tenses up. Mm-hmm. It's like a big ball of muscles. Um, sometimes you'll hear the term vaginismus or um, it, it's often used in the setting of somebody that has what we call a big fancy word again, hypertonic pelvic floor. And that just means the muscles tense up in a big ball every time you try to relax. And so for those women um, or for those patients, a really good therapy is pelvic floor physical therapy. And basically you go to a specialized therapist and they work on training and and touching those muscles and helping you learn how to relax those muscles um, so that you can relax and have a comfortable sexual experience. Now for the patients that you just kind of went a step further that have, you know, body dysmorphia or body images, or have had trauma and they're afraid, the first step is pelvic floor physical therapy because it kind of helps you with this biofeedback to retrain your muscles, how to relax but also going to actually a licensed therapist and kind of getting some positive reinforcement on your end to kind of help with the way that you view intercourse and see intercourse and understand intercourse um, is also really helpful. And so I counsel a lot of my patients, hey, let's start with the physical therapy because that physically will help with the component of why you're tense. And I, on my end, help with some of the positive, you know, reinforcement type things. But then I also recommend, as you said, that they go to a sex therapist to kind of address some of these deep rooted issues with their aversion to intercourse. Amazing conversation as usual. Dr. Nia Thompson Jenkins never disappoints. She is back in Kansas City talking female sex pain, pain during sex. You've given us some great information. Thank you, Dr. Nia, for always being available. You like the resident OBGYN. Yes, I'm 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 here. And as soon as I get everything up and running, I'm here for the city. I'm here for y'all. Come see me. Let's work together and, you know, let's make life better for everybody. Woo, Dr. Nia Thompson-Jenkins. Yes, sis, that was a grown conversation. And whether or not you're dealing with any of the issues we've discussed, information, knowledge is power. And we must be equipped so we can know about our bodies in case we ever stumble upon any of the health issues in our future or whether we're wrestling with it now. We have to have these open dialogues without shame, without embarrassment, because these are our bodies we're talking about. It goes beyond the sex, but we are talking about our health and wellness and what feels good to us. So we have to make sure we're in tune with our bodies, that we have a doctor that we can connect with who will listen to us because we have agency when it comes to our sexual health, period. So I love my girl, Dr. Nia Thompson Jenkins. Look her up because she's the real, real when it comes to dealing with female issues, particularly as an advocate for black women. Sis, your body matters. Whether you having sex or not, you need to be your healthiest self. Know what's going on with you and inside of you and get the medical help that you need. Till next week, enjoy yourself. Be blessed. I'm so glad to have you with me on this journey. We'll talk again in Grow Woman Stuff with me, Julie Jones. Music Alpha Music Library, property of Carter Broadcast Group.